2023 planning board meeting. Um, board member Sahaba, would you mind leading us in pledge? Thank you. <coughs> roll call, please. Make the roll call. Uh, President Ruiz? Here. Uh, board member Ariza? Here. Uh, Cisneros? Present. Uh, Curtis? Um, Ham? Laheba? Present. Antique? Here. Okay. We have a quorum. Thank you. Do, um, do we have any agenda changes? No agenda changes from staff. Thank you. Um, now let's move on to non-agenda public comments. Anyone may speak for three minutes regarding any matter not on the agenda. Do we have any speakers? Doesn't look like we have any speakers. Okay, thank you. Um, consent calendar, we don't have any items on the consent calendar. Now let's move on to regular agenda item 5A, um, approval of development plan use permit and universal waiver and recommending city council approve a development agreement for West Midway. Does the staff have a presentation? <coughs> Good evening, President Ruiz, members of the Planning Board, Andrew Thomas, Planning, Building, and Transportation Director. Um, we're pleased um, tonight to be able to present to you um, our recommendation for the West Midway project. This is, as you said, a uh, we're recommending approval of the um, development plan. This is essentially the site plan for this project. Um, the development agreement for this project. The development agreement will be going on to city council for their final decision. The, the development plan is a planning board final decision. Um, as part of the uh, development plan approval, we are all also recommending approval of a use permit for a reduction in the um, on-street uh, parking requirements and a universal design waiver for the townhomes. This project is a very important project to the city's housing element. Um, the city in its recently certified housing element uh, committed to building approximately 1,400 housing units over the next eight years on city-owned land at Alameda Point. About half of that will be done by the Site A development, which are, and that, that project is fully entitled. The planning board took final action on that project last fall. And then the two other projects that are instrumental to getting those units built over the next year are the what we call the reshape project 309 affordable housing units and the west midway project which is the project before you tonight two weeks ago the planning board approved the reshape project so this is the third and final big entitlement um, for this housing element for the city-owned land at alameda point um, I'm going to keep my presentation very brief and then hand it over to the project team so they will present to you the actual site plan. Um, but what I wanted to point out to you um, before I leave or before I turn over the podium, in front of you there are 
two resolutions, hard copies. In the packet, we gave you one resolution. And that one resolution addressed all the findings for the development plan with the waivers for the universal design and the parking. And then also baked into it was your recommendation to council on the development agreement. It was suggested to us and we thought it was a good idea. It's actually suggested by a planning board member that it would be better to separate those into two separate resolutions. So the one that's you'll see, there's and I highlighted, they look very similar because right on the top, a lot of the same background whereas is. Um, but you'll see the one that's I highlighted. One of them has highlighted development plan and the other one has highlighted development agreement on the top so you can tell very quickly which one's which. Um, and so you are approving, I mean, the resolution in front of you for the development plan, which is the one up on the screen, has all the conditions of approval, all the findings for the waiver, um, and all of the, uh, for both the universal design and the parking. The other resolution is much simpler, much shorter, and just basically has the, um, the recitals related to the project, which are the same in both, and then your recommendation or our, our draft recommendation that you recommend approval of the development agreement to the city council. And this would be, then you could do this in two separate votes. On the conditions of approval in the development plan, you'll also see, and you can see it here, um, although it's not, it's showing up, can you put it on, um, can you put it on so they see the actual strikeout underline? It's just that this isn't simple. You see what I'm talking about? You can see on the side there's, um, the other thing that we've done to this one resolution, um, yeah, well, just any of those places where you'll see in the, in the hard copy of the development plan resolution there, where there were some clarifications that we put in and they're all shown in strikeout underline. These are not big substantive changes. Um, they are for the purposes of clarifying the information because this will be a development plan that, and this resolution will govern this project. It's anticipated that this project will be under construction for the next eight years. So it, it, what we did in a number of cases, for example, on this condition that's up on the screen about the transportation demand management funding, um, it says you project will provide annual funding through the community facilities district for transportation demand management services. Well, <coughs> you might wonder like, well, how's that gonna be figured out? Where do you find that information? Well, it's going to be in the disposition and development agreement. So, you know, once again, absolutely critical for, for this hearing, no, but for a planner or a planning board in four years from now, it'll be nice to know where that information is. Um, so we did a lot of those kinds of cleanups, and, but we marked every single one of them in this format. You'll see on the side, there's a vertical line, and then if it's underlined text, that means it's changed since we sent it out to you 10 days ago. I think with that, I'd like to just turn it, the podium over to the project team, and they can present the, the, the development plan to you, um, and then we're um, staff, as well as the development team, is available to answer any questions you might have. Thank you.
Uh, good evening, President Ruiz and members of the Planning Board. My name is Sean Wiskeman with Catellus um, here on behalf of the West Midway Market Rate Project team. Um, so I just wanted to introduce who's here tonight. So behind me, um, David Burton of KTGY, our lead architect, uh, Jason Victor, uh, with K Victor is here uh, from he's our um, landscape architect um, and and um, you, you know, everybody here knows Becca and Keith McCoy they're also here um, as project consultants uh, but joining me um, uh, on the zoom is Josh Roden president of Northern California residential for Brookfield and Margot Bradish uh, our land use council so uh, we have a small army of folks here uh, to help answer your questions, uh, but wanted to say uh, this is a really important night for us, um, for our company, for Brookfield. Uh, we're very excited to be here, um, but we also um, know the importance of this project for the city of Alameda um, and our partners, uh, the Riche partners in Midpen. So um, with that, I want to turn it over um, to, to David Burton, who's going to introduce um, the project through the development plan, and then we're, we're here to answer questions. Uh, and again, thank you for your time, and we uh, look forward to the discussion tonight. Thank you. Good evening, President Ruiz, members of the planning board. Uh, great to be back here in chambers um, with an exciting project. Um, I wanted to begin a very brief presentation uh, with just a comparison. We were before you guys in September of 2022 with uh, the plan you see up on the left, and then we're back here tonight with our May 4th one on the, I'm sorry, that's the left, September 12th on the right, May 4th on the left, uh, for me, I guess. Anyway. Um, between these two uh, iterations, we've gone through a lot of back and forth with staff and a lot of uh, small changes and some more major changes uh, that have really helped uh, the, the plan evolve. And so there have been four major changes that I'd like to highlight uh, for tonight. One is that we've extended avenues A and avenues B um, through, I'm trying to remember how this thing works. <laughs> Um, we've extended them further into the project. Avenue A now extends from Main Street all the way through to Orion, and Avenue B goes from Pan Am Way all the way through to Orion. And what this does is this allows for vehicular traffic to move through the site in a little more continuous fashion. Um, but it's a non-linear east-west route, so it discourages, discourages cut-through traffic and helps with traffic calming. If someone's merely driving through Alameda Point and not visiting the neighborhood, the West Tower and West Midway uh, are available for them to do that. But if you're visiting the neighborhood and you have good, you have good now have good connections through the neighborhood. And this also helps distribute uh, on-street guest parking more evenly throughout the neighborhood. Uh, number two is Ardent Way, which is the north-south street on the closest to Main Street is now completed between West Tower Avenue and Avenue B. Uh, we had that, well, I'm getting myself all backed up, uh, except Ardent Way on the left. We had a little discontinuous section of that between West Tower and Avenue B, and we've now put that through so that that's a continuous street all the way from West Tower all the way up to West Midway. 
And then our east-west green spine has been made significantly wider, and the 10-foot bike and pedestrian path is now augmented with a separate 5-foot uh, sidewalk parallel on the other side of the green greenway. So the minimum width has been increased from 32 feet in the September plan to 45 feet in our current plan at a, as a minimum. And then the kind of Main Street to Orion, uh, uh, Main Street to Skylark section of it is about 72 feet wide. So it's really become a much more substantial uh, greenway through the center of the, of the neighborhood. And the Greenway now also has a number of nodes along its length that provide points for meeting friends and casual conversation. So it can really become kind of a, a gathering place, a uh, meeting place uh, for the community. And there's a minimum 20-foot wide landscape element that runs along the entire length of the spine that provides a really abundant space for native plantings and stuff like that. So it can be a really lush, lush space uh, as you move through the neighborhood. And fourth is this the reconfiguration of the housing that was made in response to the changed street layout. And that's resulted in an increased amount of community open space. This open space has been consolidated and placed along Orion Street. This ensures that the space is visible and accessible to all the residents of the neighborhood, and especially the residents of the reshaped parcel. This was always the intention that there would be common open space that would be available to all the residents of, of this neighborhood not just the market rate, but the market rate and the reshape folks. And so having that be visible in public along Orion and having good connectivity to that was really super important to us. Next slide, I'm not sure what I can, <laughs> what I can and can't do with this. Um, so here we have an enlarged view of our current plan. I just wanna use this to point out how the plan is consistent with the vision laid out in the Main Street specific plan. Next slide. So the specific plan uh, calls for an interconnected circulation grid that would, you know, an important, important aspects of that are one that it creates block sizes that are consistent with the smaller and more pedestrian oriented uh, blocks that one typically finds in Alameda. And two, that it would really be a network that encourages pedestrian and bike mobility to help minimize sink lock and vehicle trips. So our plan has a circulation network, which you can see highlighted here with blocks that are approximately 300 feet by 350 feet, which is very consistent with the block sizes that one finds in the heart of older Alameda neighborhoods. And we also have uh, north-south running streets, Skylark, Orion, and Ardent Way that align with the current and future planned streets coming up from Site A, and east-west running streets connected to Main Street and Pan Am Way. This ensures that the neighborhood is stitched together with the surrounding neighborhoods and out into the larger Alameda community. Next slide. And then beyond that basic grid, we've worked to create an even finer scale network of sidewalks and paths that make this a very pedestrian and bike-centric neighborhood. For bikes, uh, by including the bike-pedestrian path through the heart of the neighborhood, we ensure that all the residents have safe, protected bike routes accessible to them that allow them to get to nearby open spaces, connect to transit, and get access to the Cross Alameda Trail, which will connect them with the rest of the island. In the east-west direction, we have protected bike infrastructure on West Midway, on our green spine through the heart of the neighborhood, and, um, on, Avenue, uh, and on West Tower. And in the north-south direction, we have protected bike infrastructure on, out on Main Street, on Orion, 
Street through the middle of the neighborhood and out on Pan Am Way. In addition to our main major streets and the green spine, each block is further broken down by a neighborhood, uh, by a network of sidewalks that create, that make it so that a resident never has more than about 150 feet to walk to a pedestrian intersection that can get them around the neighborhood easily and safely. This provides a walk walking experience that's pretty much unmatched even in our older neighborhoods in Alameda. This network also provides safe and convenient connections to outdoor spaces. The specific plan did not envision major open spaces to be located within the neighborhood, but rather to have easy access to adjacent open spaces. Our plan does provide modest but meaningful open space at its heart along Orion Street, and then fulfills the vision of the specific plan by providing, by providing safe and convenient pedestrian bike connections to the future green commons to the north and Whale Park and the Waterfront Park to the south in Site A. Next slide. Within the West Midway neighborhood, we are providing a variety of housing types that can appeal to a wide spectrum of residents, from single persons to families with kids to empty nesters looking to downsize. We also have a wide variety of housing sizes that can appeal to buyers over a wide economic spectrum. While a casual observer looking at the site plan might think that the various housing types might look the same, we in fact will be coming back to you uh, in the future for design review with housing that has a great visual variety and lifestyle variety. The examples here are laid out roughly with where they would reside on the site. On the middle uh, upper section of this, uh, you can see our duets that will have varied two and three story massing and will be buildings that are about the size of a large single family home. On the right hand side, you'll see that we're what we're calling our townhouse A type. It's more of a traditional three and four bedroom, three story townhouse with ample space for a family with kids. Each home will have a prominent entry that faces the street and individual homes will be articulated through a series of bay windows and other kinds of unique elements. Uh, in the middle and the lower, uh, you see our four story condominiums. These are also three and four bedroom units, but with smaller square footages and a bit more of a vertical living condition. These buildings will present a stepped three and four story massing to the street and the units will have front stoops to create an inviting and varied streetscape. On the lower left, we have what we're calling our townhouse B types. These homes will be smaller in square footage than the townhouse A units and will be a combination of one and two car garages. The massing of these homes will be more varied, stepping between two and three stories. So it'll be a little bit more broken up than the townhouse A types. And then in the upper left, we have our homes that are targeted to be more affordable by design with a variety of one, two, and three bedroom units. Square footages are smaller and each home will have a one car garage. We'll also, we also anticipate that these homes will have a more traditional slope roof, uh, whereas many of the other homes will have a more flat roofed contemporary expression. So you can see you can, we can create a lot of visual variety and, and opportunities for home ownership uh, in the neighborhood um, through these various housing types. Next. And then finally, they wanted to have this aerial view up uh, that we created at the site that lets you visualize the circulation grid a little bit better and shows how the massing varies between the different housing types. Some with bay windows, some with stepping masses, some with slope roofs, and some with flat roofs. Well, one important gesture that this view does help demonstrate is the alignment of our green spine. We've carefully aligned this spine with an alley that passes behind Almanac Beer and its neighbors. 
This alley provides an unimpeded view of Salesforce Tower in San Francisco. And we thought that by having that vista terminate the green spine, it would be a nice way of showing a connection between this neighborhood and not just Alameda, but its larger urban context. Now, there are a lot of other aspects to this plan that we could delve into here, but we'll end our presentation here and keep the, hopefully keep the evening a little shorter and leave plenty of time for board questions. Our team's available to answer questions and provide clarification as needed. Thank you. Thank you. Um, now let's open up for board questions and then public comments and then board comments. So, um, Board Member T. Uh, I, first, I want to disclose that I did meet with the developer last week. Um, I had a question. This representation makes West Tower Avenue look like a wall. Um, it is merely just these are boilerplate buildings, not, is there a way, uh, Alan um, or Andrew, that we can basically ensure that there is not only a variance in height, but some of the depth? So in your conceptual one, you know, the middle one, you showed a lot of variance and depths yeah. where the lower left, you said it was two and three, but it looked like they were all the same. So how, how do I put those together? <laughs> um, I guess, you know, sadly, part of it is going to, we'll have to wait until a design review when we come back with the specific buildings. Um, I, I, best I can do for you at the moment is just give you a, a verbal assurance that like the, if it's along West Tower, the first two buildings you see are set back further from the street than the buildings further down the block. And those will have kind of bay mass, bay window kind of massing that kind of comes in and out and stuff. And then the four-story buildings, which are the next four buildings you see, will have, like I said, stoops down at the ground floor level. And then they'll come up two or three stories and then they'll step back four, five, six feet and then go up to the fourth right. floor. So there will be very big changes in massing there. And even that third story part will have gaps between, say, porches that are out along the front, okay. so you'll get kind of so a rhythm of openings. I guess, uh, Andrew, do we have design authority over that aspect as well? Or is it just the height, varying heights? That's what I'm, we can vary heights. We're giving you extra height to vary heights. And I'm like, okay, are we also getting some variance such that someone walking down the street isn't walking down the same picket fence, basically. I think the, the, um, that can be integrated into the approval tonight. Um, it's gonna come down to careful wording uh -huh. of what kind of standard or, or, or expectation that we will be looking for in the design review. Um, you know, there is a page in the development plan package that has sort of minimum setback. But it's just it's just the minimum setback. So I mean, in theory, everything could be exactly the same. Um, and so I think that is, um, like I said, we could think about some language that you might want to add to talk yeah, about I mean, given the expectation our, for the design review. Our, our emphasis on pedestrians and bikes. Um, it just seems that if we can figure out something, that mm -hmm. would be that would be great. Um, if that would mean the townhouse B needs more height in order to accommodate that, uh, I would, you know, would that actually make a difference or not? That would be the developer. Yeah. So if townhouse B like could go up to 45 feet if we got better variance in terms of the street. 
uh, that could, you know, that, that what that allows is for opportunities for like if we wanted to do roof decks or something like that. Um, so that doesn't that doesn't affect the pedestrians' impact of the no, no. So okay, I thanks, yeah. David. Thanks. That, that was really the main question I had. Any other board question? Um, board member Ariza. Um, this is definitely an improvement from the last time, so thank you. Um, I'm a little concerned, and I don't know um, if this has been thought out, but I see that the four-story um, condos are mostly on West Tower Street, but then there are some that are interior and are you're coming in through alleys or paseos, I think is what you call them. And so they seem to be very close together. So they're just kind of the four blocks that are behind the ones on West Tower Street. Um, and I don't know if this has been thought out or not. Is, is there a reason why the four-story condos have to be in that location? And, and I guess the other thing that concerns me is that in the Greenway, there, there's no frontage of buildings to the Greenway. It's more of the sides of, the, of those buildings. Uh, Risa, this is a question. Um, so um, are you trying to make a comment or do you have specific questions, clarifying questions for well, I'm trying to understand if the four-story condos can must be in that location or if they can be in another location. Thank you. Um, okay. I think I did both. <laughs> um, I got it. Oh, you got it. Yeah. Yeah. So the are you t the are the four-story buildings here the ones you're more concerned about or right correct. Okay. Um, it's largely, you know, in terms of the, and the Cadillus and Brookfield folks can speak to this more eloquently than I can, but grouping the buildings of one building type together is best for kind of a efficiency of kind of building and putting in all the infrastructure and things like that. So that's part of the reason for that. Uh, another reason we were trying to do, you know, along the Greenway here and along some of the streets is provide a variety of housing. So you get a combination of the three-story townhouses and the four-story buildings as you come along this green spine. Uh, so it's a combination of economics and also just trying to provide visual, uh, visual variety along there. Uh, in terms of the buildings fronting onto to the green spine, uh, it's maybe not the most obvious, but all of these buildings, you know, these ones clearly the long side of the buildings along there, and you'd have front doors out there. But where we have the short ends of the buildings facing out onto these things like the Green Spine uh, or along here along Avenue B and stuff, those units that are on the ends are designed such that they have front doors that will open out onto the street so that you're not just seeing kind of a blank side of the building, okay. but it will have the front door there and the major 
living spaces and bedrooms and things will have windows that go out there. So, so we try and enhance those and make those as kind of a good, kind of a front to the street and as good a neighbor as we can. Got it. Thank you. Do you have any further questions, Board Member Louisa? Thank you, Board Member Sahaba. Yeah, thank you. Um, just also in disclosure, I met with the project team last week. Uh, I just had a couple questions. One is uh, just to understand, I see on page 20, there's a road network outlined. And I was just curious why Avenue A is a private street while all the others are public. Is there a specific rationale for that, for making Avenue Avenue A private? Um, it's a slightly different section than most of our public streets. So it just has the, um, the parking on one side as opposed to both sides. Um, private streets have public access easements on them. Mm -hmm. So for the typical visitor or user, you're not going to know the difference, whether it's public or private. We can all use all of them. It's really about, really the difference between public and private is who's covering the maintenance of the who's taking on the responsibility. A private street is the maintenance is the responsibility of the HOA. Public streets are, will be maintained, will be owned and maintained by the city. Okay, and just a follow-up question then to that. Will the character of that street besides the street width be similar to the other streets as far as street trees yes. and sidewalk widths and yes. such? So, I mean, as far as the public is concerned, uh, when they move from, let's say, Avenue A to Orion, or even past um, Skylark, it'll, it'll feel integrated? Yes, yes, okay. yes. And the design review plans, when they come back, will have all the landscaping plans for the sure. streets as well. Sure, so sure. that's the opportunity to look at street trees and all those details. Okay, so it's purely because of the parking situation and uh, yeah, I mean, street width. Okay. You know, from the city staff's perspective, we were pleased to see one less street that we would have to sure. maintain. <laughs> the public would have to maintain um, one more street for the HOA to, 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 um, to, to the, obviously the HOA will be maintaining all the alleys. I mean, basically everything that's shown with the green dot and the greenways. Um, the only thing that will be maintained by the city of Alameda um, are the yellow streets. Okay. Uh Thank you. And then I think, um, yeah, I think that that's it for now. I have some, well, I do, actually, I'll, I'll just ask one more question. Uh, Avenue B, the way that it terminates right now onto Orion, mm -hmm. um, is, is there any, uh, I couldn't tell from some of these drawings here, but was there any consideration of some sort of landscape buffer? So headlights aren't just going straight into the homes at, at the terminus of Avenue Oh, B. I mean, as you're, as you're coming, yeah. if, you're driving, if you're driving east and facing right into that unit. That's right. Facing it. That's um, right. That isn't something that I have talked to the, but it's a good point. Um, okay. And I think it's, it's something that we can, uh, once again, I was making some notes about some of the other questions from Board Member Teague. And, um, 
you know, we can make a note about that. And it's, it's helpful to put a note in the conditions. It's kind mm -hmm. of like just a reminder mm -hmm. four or five years from now, three years from now, design reviews coming forward, different right. staff, maybe different commissioners, like, oh, think about that. Because yeah. you're right, it's headlights going into the front door, the front windows of that unit. Okay. Landscaping challenge. Okay, the, uh, yeah, those were my but questions. certainly something we see in Alameda. I mean, there are mm -hmm. T intersections. So yeah, just we, we know how to handle it. We just right. need to be careful about it. Right. right. Okay. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Well, then, this is Nellis. Uh, yeah. Uh, thank you for the presentation. And um, uh, this came up as uh, Board Member Sahiba was asking his questions, and maybe it'll be further discussed during de design review, but. And I know we just had the reshape discussion last week, but um, in terms of like the access to the open space, uh, you know, the, the, the greenway is more to the east. And I think I just see one um, pathway from the reshape project going to the rest of the site. So um, I was wondering if you could just relay again um, how reshape residents would have access to the broader open space. Uh, it's a great question. Thank you. Um, yeah, so the, the access for the folks in the neighborhood into the green space, like I said, clearly this is, you know, kind of the most major one, and it'll have the bike way along there. So there's certainly that. But then at this point, and at this point, we have kind of widened, expanded paseos also so that folks can and come through this way and here. So there's kind of those three major points where folks would be able to access uh, the, the public's you know, common or open spaces uh, in the neighborhood. Okay. Thank you. And we also did that so that kids walking to school would be able to kind of come through the neighborhood here and down Avenue Way and have a little quieter, safer route to, to school rather than having to go down West Midway and stuff like that. So we tried to take those kind of things into consideration working with the reshape folks. Any further questions? That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, thank you for the presentation. And um, full disclosure, I was um, I met with the applicant as well last week. I have a few questions. One is um, on page 10 of the package, land use diagram and building heights. Um, could you please clarify the note regarding the five additional units on commercial site and as well as um, in, in terms of the commercial parking on that site, was those, is that including, included in the overall park, parking count? Fair enough. Um, so on the, on the commercial, um, probably worth noting that when we punched Avenue B, you might remember when, when we met in September, um, we had not yet, and we weren't sort of, we were, hadn't come to the point where we were comfortable punching Avenue B, even though that was a, a strong recommendation of staff and others. Um, when, when we studied that, um, that connection did um, cause us to essentially lose five, uh, five units from the plan. Um, and so what we did, and we, you know, we, we ended up getting comfortable with that, but what we, we essentially did is reserved rights on the commercial to create a 
you know, if, if, it, if, if we could dream up, a, you know, a, a little bit more of a mixed use block with a commercial, maybe there's a, maybe there's a separate five unit building that gets hooked on there or that, that, that little over an acre commercial corner, maybe you could handle those five additional units. So we made a note that, hey, um, it, 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 that could be, you know, considered in the future if, if it made economic sense. It wasn't meant to replace the commercial um, at all. That wasn't the intent. Um, it was simply meant to say, hey, maybe we could dream up an interesting project um, where there was a commercial and a residential component that took advantage of the five units we lost when we extended Avenue B. That, that was the, that was all we were trying to accomplish with that note that we added. So, and then David can address the parking question. Yeah, and to the parking, the the 1.5 spaces per unit is solely to do with the residential. The commercial will be have a has a separate requirement for its own parking maximums under the parking ordinance, and that parcel would follow those rules. Okay, and then um, on page 12, um, I noticed that the stair tower to of roof deck terrace was only marked on the three-story duets so does that mean that all the other building types do not have roof decks or would you like to clarify that uh it hasn't been determined finally yet whether some of the other ones maybe would or, or not we have to so kind of develop does that mean that the the height once you include the stair towers would exceed what is shown here? Uh, it's possible it could by a couple feet, I guess. Yeah. Okay. If we if we did that, yeah. So it wouldn't be the living space. It would just be like a stair tower to get up to the exempt, I believe, right, from building height, or is it included? I, I honestly can't remember off the top of my head. Oh, um, can we? <laughs> Unless that's a condition of approval that. It yeah. So we if you because this is development plan so we want to make sure if you yep. any building that's going to exceed that it, those under the city's definition of maximum height things such as cupolas antennas mechanical equipment can be above that so i think we could make the finding that the okay. stair tower is not a violation of the height limit okay thank you that's my recollection but i just want to confirm that Um, and then do we have one last question do we have the mailboxes location identified yet because that usually becomes a contention with with the neighbors and with yeah we we haven't gotten into that level of detail it's, a, it's an excellent question right because <laughs> we every development uh, it becomes a problem yeah and so I think there will be a number of nodes throughout the project that were where there would be mailboxes but we haven't located those as yet Okay, thank you. Now that's open. Um, yes, board member Cisneros. Yeah, not a question, but I forgot to uh, clarify that I also met with the developer. Just want to put it on the record. Thank you. Okay, Mr. Don, let's open up for um, public comments, please. Okay, looks like um, so far we have one public commenter. Um, remotely uh, is uh, Doug Biggs. Uh, let's see here, let me allow him to talk. Good evening, can you hear me? Yes. 
Okay, good evening, President Ruiz and members of the Planning Board. My name is Doug Biggs. I'm the Executive Director of the Alameda Point Collaborative, and I was before you two weeks ago to talk about the Reshape Project, and I'm back again tonight uh, in strong support of the, the this, this development plan. Both plans are very symbiotic. Uh, we can't build our Reshape without Catellus and Brookfield helping us out with uh, site prep. Um, and uh, they can't build their development without us building buildings that can then allow our residents to move into them. So the two are very closely linked together, and the design really reflects that. Uh, we feel that we've come up with, a, along with the Brookfield Catellus, and the, the designers have come up with a plan that really integrates the communities very well to the extent that we want them integrated. And as we've talked about in the past, we, there's times when we want to have our community somewhat uh, inwardly focused. In particular, the access ways, and um, I know the question was asked about the access for reshape residents to the pathways there. We did a lot of um, surveying and gathering feedback from our residents, particularly the youth that go to school, to look at what were the best pathways for them to get back and forth to school, get back and forth to shopping centers, get back and forth to transit, because so few of our residents have their own cars. And the design layout that Brookfield Catellus has come up with really meets the needs of our community as far as getting easily and safely to school, getting easily and safely to shopping and back. So we're really happy with the design and really look forward to moving forward on this project. So we, we strongly encourage you to approve it tonight. Thank you very much. Thank you. Do we have next speaker? Let me give uh, them a minute here. Let's see. Doesn't look like we have any speakers right now. I'm sorry, I can't hear you. Oh, doesn't look like we have any more speakers. Thank you. That closed um, public comment section. Now that's open up for board comments um, for member Teague. Uh, I would like to thank the developer and staff and all of the emails that we got. Um, this is a great project. I'm really happy to see it coming forward. Uh, and as you know, I'm hung up on West Tower Avenue. Um, the parking, no one else seemed to bring it up, so I'm going to say I, it's good in my book for the parking variance. I, I kind of view tandem parkings as not necessarily fully two. And I also understand that, you know, originally it was all the projects together, not separating out reshape. So, uh, Andrew, if we added something that was some, that basically on West Tower, buildings must have a variety of setbacks from street with a, and approval may adjust uh, as long as the average is within the table. I think the, to the question, um, I was thinking something along those lines, but rather than necessarily adjusting setbacks, it was um, the language I had was sort of jotting down. West Tower elevations should provide architecturally diverse, pedestrian-friendly front elevations. Awesome. I mean, that, uh, you know, that is, I think of like townhomes where I come from on the East Coast. Like they're very uniform on their setbacks. They don't. But, but I also want to give them if, if they wish to adjust the setbacks oh. on West Tower, we would approve it given justification. Okay. So they have that flexibility if needed on West Tower. So uh, 
we'll, we'll have the sentence, I mean, if, if the board agrees, yeah. um, I'll, I'll add a, a, a sentence to the design review condition about um, architecturally diverse, pedestrian-friendly front elevations, the ability to adjust setbacks. On that? Also on West Tower. On West Tower. If, if that's something that the development team Needing approval, wants to do to try to make things more yeah. interesting. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the other, well, just real quickly while I'm up here, I also made a note of side elevations facing streets and paseos that was that came up, like having that really be designed as a front elevation. So even though it's a side of the building. We've done that in other projects, um, Alameda Landing. It's worked out pretty well, but I think it's, it's yeah, good I, to document it. And then you. the last one, just real quickly while I'm okay. here, made a note of the T intersection and the landscaping plan. Really, just reminders for when the design review comes back. This is what we're going to be looking for. Right. Thank you. Um, out of respect for my rest of my board members, I'm not going to make the motion right now. I'll wait <laughs> to hear everybody else's comments. Okay. Thank you. Other board comments? Yes, board member Sahaba. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um, no, I also appreciate that the team made a real improvement from the previous master plan concept. Um, I do think that as uh, it continues to move forward into the various design components, um, definitely a lot of care needs to be taken in how some of the streets that are within uh, the circulation for more vehicular circulation starts to, uh, and, and they, they dead end into greenways and such, I think those need to be considered as well. Um, and one of the things that I also noticed with the reshape connection, I think just more to consider is that when it crosses over, it's again on one of those streets that are more internal versus the two greenways north and south of that connection. So as long as there's a methodology to making those connections smooth to move people to the north or the south, uh, I think that'll definitely help with the pedestrian circulation. I do um, appreciate the, the bike Paths that are that are connected through here, especially along Avenue B, uh, and I think you know it connects to Main Street, which is which is important uh, thoroughfare. Um, and then I would just say, like um, back to um, Board Member Teague's point on West Tower Avenue, you know I, I see a lot of opportunity there, especially on that intersection where there's a deeper setback. Like if there's an alley of trees, if there's variation that's occurring there, just to promote different spatial ideas um, from the street edge, because there is um, street parking as well, uh, from what I could tell. But I think the important thing is, is that there's prioritization on those kind of gateway intersections, whether it's Orion, Skylark, or Ardent Way, when those happen, um, something I think special starts to happen at those intersections would be, you know, I, I think would be very meaningful. So Orion is definitely a major boulevard with, well, street with um, looks like more major sidewalks going up and down it. So um, there I'm very much interested in the future of how the landscape plan would work and what type of um, uh, streetscape that would start to create. So thank you. Um, board member Sahaba, is there a condition that you would like to add to it, or? Uh, no, I think, uh, in general, I think the master plan's moving in the right direction. I think now it's going to be case by case as 
the various components come for design review. Okay, sounds good. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Board Member Ariza, do you have further comments? Um, yes, I think I, I was just wondering, and this is maybe more for staff, but how the bike lanes will connect to the other bike lanes on Main Street and all the other, if, if there's a way to make that happen from the get-go. So, because like in the greenway here, I kind of see it ending on a green <laughs> sidewalk. Um, maybe there's a way so that it actually thinks of how is it going to integrate with the neighborhood across yep. Main Street, for example. And then on West Midway, like when I looked at the the larger plan um, for the Main Street neighborhood plan, there are there's this big green area called Central Gardens yes. on the other side. I don't know if that's still uh, something that's going to happen, but it seems like there's a lot of opportunity there too to think about those units that will be in front of those of the main open area facing, facing, facing the gardens the, the mm -hmm. central gardens yes um the um a couple things just on the bicycle circulation um there is this project will be putting in the two-way separated class one bike trail that runs the big green line on main street and that's part of the city's plan to have separated two-way bike facility all the way the full length of Main Street. So each project, Site A is putting it in at uh, sort of what, for their frontage, then this project will be putting it in um, so that ultimately we have a separated class one bike trail all the way down Main Street from, from Oakland Estuary all the way down to the bay on the south side. Um, the, the big black line running through the middle of the project east-west is the big, the main bicycle corridor through the middle of the project. What's interesting about it is it doesn't, you know, uh, that's, that you can't, you're not going to cross Main Street at that point because there's the big greenway, the flood control area, the park mm -hmm. on the other side. So we really just see it as a way for people to cut across this project to move um, out to the Main Street corridor for bicycles or to move to the west to the Pan Am corridor, which is the main north-south. Um, because if you want to cross Main Street, you either need to go down, get down to West Atlantic or you need to go um, up to the northern portion of this site. That's West Midway, which then turns into Stargill if you're going, if you're going east. So, um, and then you're right. Um, the city's plan, so this is all part of the Main Street specific plan, which you obviously looked at. Um, and part of that plan is a large central green, which would be right at the top of where Orion hits West Midway in this plan. Mm -hmm. um, and this project, it's not in this document, it's in the what we call the Disposition and Development Agreement, which we are also negotiating simultaneously. That has to be approved by the council, which is the whole business deal, the conveyance of how does the land go from the city the development team, at what cost, what do they have to do in return. One of the um, requirements in that DDA that we have been working on and the council has l reviewed early versions of the term sheet, um, they'll be making a $2.5 million contribution to the city to pay for that 
Park, which is not in this phase, but it is in the very next phase, and it's a big park. So the idea from the city's perspective was, well, it's not fair to make the next project pay for the entire park. Mm -hmm. Let's have this project, which has some small green spaces but no big parks, pay for a portion of the big park to the north. Site A paid for the big parks to the south. Um, so that's, that's kind of the strategy. And so once again, Orion also, like as you pointed out, very important connection. And that's why it has dedicated raised bike facilities on either side of the street, the green dotted lines going up. Um, because that's, that's coming up through Site A from mm -hmm. the Cross Alameda Trail, which is on West Atlantic, mm -hmm. and leads you to the Seaplane Lagoon. So you can, take, you can turn on Orion, come up through Site A, and then all the way through this development, and that would terminate at the main big green park. Mm -hmm. Did that? Answer yeah. your questions. Yeah, no, it was just a comment, and I think since since what you've said is is this big garden, central gardens, this big park will happen. Maybe um, it's a comment for the developer then to think about the units in front of it in a different way, and and to take into account that there will be that big park across the street, so perhaps it deserves a different treatment on the side of the street of this development. Mm -hmm. That's all, thank you. Thank you. Do we have um, any more comments? Okay, so um, thank you for the applicant for making the changes. I agree with my fellow board members that this is a significant improvement from the previous scheme that we have seen, so appreciate that, making the accommodation. Um, just want to make a few comments on one. Um, has to do with the five additional units on that commercial parcel. Um, I'm sure you're following other projects along uh, on the island and in Bay 37, where um, the last parcel, um, where the developer tried to go in and redevelop the sales center and receive resistance from the um, existing residents. So just want to kind of inform you, make you aware of that situation that in the future, if you choose to reserve, exercise your right, um, you may receive some pushback from the community. So um, just be mindful of that. And also, I do want to see the mailboxes located in, in the parcel box, boxes located um, ra sooner rather than later because um, USPS requirements, they get bigger and bigger and it's harder to accommodate because of the um, designated um, mail vehicle parking spaces that you need to accommodate. So I would like to add that into condition. When do you think it's appropriate? Uh, when you come back for design review, we would like to see a, at least that, look, that negotiation with postmaster started. Okay. And so those are my comments. And do we, I would like to um, ask for two motions since we have two resolutions. So. Um, that to start with the, yes, Andrew. When you're ready, I would just like to review the notes I have on the development plan resolution. I have no, no notes for the first sure. one. Uh, and I think probably the best order would be development plan first and then development agreement second. Okay, so do, do we have a motion for the development plan? Uh, for member I, T? I would like to move that we approve the development plan with 
Let me just, if you, if I yeah. may. Yes, please um, read What them. I have is the uh, condition about West Tower elevations yeah. that I read earlier about pedestrian friendly yeah. architecture. Also on West Midway, the ability to adjust setbacks. Yeah. Um, the condition about side elevations. Yes. Um, just once again, as a reminder, um, landscaping design at T intersections, but also at all major intersections. So be thinking yes. about that in the landscape design when it comes back. Um, the, also the thought about um, something to consider, the park facing homes when that comes back. Just how is that, when you look at the design review for that northern section, be thinking about the fact that there's a big park right across the street. And then finally, that the design review plans include the plans for mailbox locations mm -hmm. so that we've started that conversation. Those are all of my notes yeah. for the adjustments. That, that would be my motion, thank you. I would second it. Thank you. Roll call vote, please. Your roll call vote. Um, President Ruiz? Aye. Uh, board member Ariza? Aye. Cisneros? Aye. Curtis? Oh, it's not here. Hom? Zahiba? Aye. And Teague? Aye. And the motion passes. That motion passes with five ayes. Thank you. And now that's a move on to development agreement. Do we have a motion? This is to recommend council for approval of the development agreement. Seeing no one else stepping up at the moment. <laughs> uh, I recommend that we approve the city council. I, I, I move that we recommend the city council to approve a development agreement for this project as specified. Mm -hmm. I'll second. Thank you. I just realized since we're meeting in person, we don't need to roll call vote. So all in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. Motion passes. Thank you. We'll be at council in the next three weeks. Thank you. Now let's move on to agenda item 5B. Two fifty Singleton Avenue rezoning and design review um, for AUSD. The staff have a presentation. Yes, uh, Henry Dong, our planner three, will be coming up to the podium in just a sec. I'll, I'll control it. Are you, you're going to control it. Good evening, uh, President Ruiz, um, members of the board, Henry Dong with the um, Planning, Building, and Transportation Department. Um, as mentioned, this is a rezoning and design review for uh, 250 Singleton Avenue, the AUSD um, facility. So um, I'm gonna give a brief overview of the project and then um, the architect, Joel Williams, will introduce the design. Um, and so Mr. Dong, sorry to interrupt. Would you mind speaking into the microphone just a little bit more? Okay. So um, I'm going to give a brief overview of the um, project, and then the architect, Joel Williams, will um, introduce the design, uh, and he's with us remotely. So uh, there's two requests of the planning board tonight. Um, one is to consider a recommendation to the city council to rezone the AUSD property 
to remove the G special government combining district overlay um, from the property zoning. Uh, and then the second request is to consider design review approval to allow the construction of an approximately 6,200 square foot central kitchen uh, and a 9,800 9, square foot warehouse located at the site. Um, so just some um, background on the property. The property uh, subject to rezoning is an approximately 6.73 acre um, property located at 250 Singleton Avenue. Uh, the design review project is actually located on a 2.77 acre portion of the site on the eastern side of the property. Um, the property once served as the George P. Miller Elementary uh, School from 1980 until 2006 and now currently serves as the AUSD um, maintenance facility. Uh, the site currently contains um, two, build, two main buildings, an accessory building, uh, schoolyards, uh, parking, and an existing um, fence that goes around the perimeter of the site. Um, the site is currently zoned uh, M2G General Industrial with a special um, government overlay and is designated as public institutional under the general plan. Um, surrounding properties to the west and to the south are also zoned M2G and include residential uses. And then the surrounding properties to the north and uh, to the east are zoned um, R4 PDMF and include residential uses and then the um, vacant future North Housing Block D um, parcel that will also be a residential use. So per AMC section 30-4.17B, uh, uh, the, the G overlay is used to denote properties under federal and state ownership and must be removed when the property is sold or transferred to a private property, a private party or public agency. So this property originally belonged to the federal government, was conveyed to AUSD um, who operated the elementary school on the site um, from 1980 to 2006 and then currently operates the district's maintenance facility. So at that at the time that the property was conveyed to the school district, the G overlay should have been removed, but it was not. And so AUSD is now requesting the city rezone the property as part of this project. The removal of the G overlay uh, would not change the underlying M2 zoning district designation on the property and would not affect the district's operations on the site or development regulations that are currently in place on the property. So staff is a uh, recommending removal of the G overlay as a zoning map cleanup since the, the uh, overlay is no longer applicable. Uh, this table uh, briefly shows how the design review application um, meets the uh, development standards for the property. Um, the proposed buildings and landscaping you'll see uh, provides a compatible design with the existing buildings on the site and uh, the surrounding neighborhood. And staff believes that the project is consistent with the general plan, zoning ordinance, and the design review manual. And so we are recommending approval 
uh, based on the findings in the draft resolution. And so uh, with that, that concludes my brief uh, overview and then I'll hand it over to Joel if there are, aren't any questions. Mom, are we gonna take four questions right now or is there further presentation from the... Oh yeah, there's for, uh, a presentation from the architect on the design. So hold the four hmm? questions, please. Thank you, Mr. Dong. Um, and thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for the opportunity to talk about this project this evening. Um, Henry, I'm not seeing your screen right at the moment. There we go. Uh, so as uh, Mr. Dong mentioned, this project is a new central kitchen and district warehouse for Alameda Unified School District. The current food service facilities are based out of the Wood Middle School project. And this facility is undersized and outdated. Uh, and the facility lacks the opportunity from a size standpoint uh, to renovate it to provide sufficient service for the district. So this project at 250 Singleton would provide a new facility, uh, which would be a, a new kitchen and a new food storage facility uh, meeting the current needs of the district for uh, all of their facilities. And it would also include a second building that would provide general storage for the district. There would be landscaping and other site work around the project to support the use including a fenced loading and drop-off area between the two buildings, which would have a few parking spaces for the food distribution vehicles, vans basically, that would distribute the food from this central kitchen to the various school sites around Alameda. Go ahead. So um, we've provided, a, a, I think it's a drawing set that includes 40 sheets. These are in response to uh, some preliminary comments that we got uh, from uh, planning. Um, so we've got grading, um, site improvements, landscaping, architectural uh, proposed design. Um, in addition to the two buildings, we're also proposing to provide some street improvements along the frontage in the form of a new sidewalk. Uh, currently the sidewalk stops at the east end of the, uh, the campus. And so we're proposing through this project to improve the street frontage also. Uh, so here's a good uh, view of the site plan. You can see this is the east side of the campus as Mr. Dong suggested. The central kitchen building is closest to Singleton Avenue. Um, you can see the district warehouse uh, on the lower portion, the south portion of the site. And between it, you can see the, uh, the loading area with the uh, parking. Uh, we also have some parking for uh, staff workers at the uh, central kitchen warehouse area uh, on the outside of what would be a fenced yard between the two buildings. Uh, you can see the landscape buffer between the street and the central kitchen building and wrapping around uh, really all three sides of this project. The west side um, is just a continuation of the existing asphalt that extends over to the maintenance and operations buildings. And we have some architectural elevations also that uh, 
give a view of what we're proposing the massing and materiality of the project would be. It's a combination of cement plaster and profiled metal panels uh, with a standing seam metal roof. Uh, so we're trying to uh, mass the building appropriately to the uh, surrounding residential neighborhoods. Um, the food storage uh, part of this project is the larger of the two masses. Um, you can see the windows on the uh, north elevation there, that's facing the street. Um, and we're limited by the interior use of that. Uh, when we look at the plan, you can see that we have some refrigerated and freezer storage on the inside in that portion of the building. Uh, but we wanted to provide an interesting and functional window configuration there. So we have that vertical slot that extends up uh, now on the plan, it would be in that right-hand area in the corner. And then it wraps across above the top of those refrigerated and freezer storage units to bring good natural light into that space. Uh, but that's why we didn't have the windows lower down. Uh, we're also limited in our window opportunities in the rest of the building, uh, which is the, the real kitchen uh, part of the building along with offices. Um, we're limited by the, the function there. The kitchen has equipment all around the perimeter. Uh, and so we're proposing to include skylights in the roof of the smaller volume there. You can see those on the south elevation in the lower left of the page. There's four skylights there that bring natural light into that space, but we're not proposing any windows. This is interior to the site, not facing the street. Um, and uh, so the, those skylights will bring natural light in. And then on the district warehouse, um, there's not expected to be any regular uh, workers in this space. It's uh, you know seasonal and um, you know general storage for the district. Um, so no uh, regular workers on the in the facility. Um, so it's just a very basic building. There would likely be some interior partitioning that might be done with chain link fencing. Um, or you know, creating cages for different departments to have their space, um, but a very basic building otherwise. Here you can see the elevation or the, uh, the sections of the kitchen building, uh, the varied roof heights, uh, different massing to break down the overall scale of the building. Um, you can see that we're proposing some uh, skylight wells into the kitchen area. It's going to be a combination of exposed sloped ceilings, um, flat drop ceilings in the office and break area. Uh, and in the kitchen, it could be uh, flat as we're showing here, or it could be a, a sloped ceiling following the roof profile. I think maybe the last thing to point out, um, if you can get to the landscape um, planting plan, I think it would be helpful to show um, what we're expecting in terms of the street frontage and the, the landscape buffer in front of the building. Um, I think that would be L5.01. There you go. Um, so you can see a combination of uh, trees and 
uh, drought tolerant plants. Uh, we have some bioretention areas uh, in different parts of the site for stormwater management. Um, and the intent here is really to provide a beautiful functional landscape buffer between the street and the buildings, as well as along the interior part of the site um, at the edge of the parking area. I think that concludes our design presentation. Um, I'm happy to respond to any questions. Thank you. Thank you. Now that's open up for board questions and then followed by public comments and then board comments. Board member Teague. Uh, this is for staff. Uh, I know they answered me privately, but I, it should be on the record. Uh, Alan, why are we doing a design review of a school project? And why did they make that decision? Or what would be a reason for why they would make that decision? Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Board um, Member Teague. That's a good question. So typically, uh, um, school districts, uh, when they have development projects, they would go through the state architect. Uh, in this case, we are talking about buildings that aren't part of the school curriculum. So these aren't school buildings. They are, these are facility buildings. So they do have the option to go through a local process. Uh, my understanding is that um, we are able to take them through the approval process much more efficiently than if they were to go through the state. Thank you very much. Any other board questions? Oh. Board member Sahaba. Yeah, uh, thank you for the presentation. The uh, only question I had was with the street improvements that are occurring, uh, are there any requirements for street trees uh, along the street? Because I'm just curious if that was um, part of the street improvement. I mean, I don't see that occurring, so I'm curious, is that not a requirement along our streets? Yeah. Um, I don't think that was required by our um, public works department when we were reviewing it. Um, but uh, Alan, do you have any? I think the issue here is uh, this particular street is, uh, and maybe there's another plan that shows it, um, there's kind of a choke point. It is kind of narrow, so it actually isn't necessarily wide enough to accommodate a sidewalk. Um, we, we plan to have a bike lane and even the, the street. So I don't believe the trees were called on the street master plan for at this location. And if there was, and if there's a desire to have trees, uh, we could require the applicant to plant them on the private property side. Yeah, it's just, I mean, it, I know there's going to be some work from what I can see with the drawings and understand from the presentation along the entire edge, the frontage, extension of the sidewalk. I, I understood, so right. that's great that those connections are being being made, and just the street frontage is going to get um, you know reworked to be something that um, uh, seems like a better situation than what's there right now. Uh, but I, I am curious, you know, just to make it more of a livable street to have the street trees marching down on that side as well um, would, I think, be beneficial as well. So, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know what their plans are, because there's this, you know, the way that this um, scope of work is defined it takes a little bit of a dog leg all the way towards the west, right? And so that whole area is captured. And so that- Yeah, I think this was a situation where the existing public right-of-way was narrow. There was missing a sidewalk. And so right. when we 
balanced street trees, landscaping, and the sidewalk, we, we went for the sidewalk and require, we're requiring the school district to continue the sidewalk. And again, I think if there's a desire from the planning board to um, add, add trees along the sidewalk, then we would, I, the recommendation would be to, to ask if the school district can plant some trees along their edge um, along the property line, but on their property. Sure, sure. I mean, I would just say that, I mean, it's good to hear that there was some consideration taken. I, I would just say, because I see how the current property is being used and obviously how it's going to be redeveloped on this eastern side, I don't know what's going to happen in the future on the balance of the property. But if there is a potential to just make a nice edge along this and, and have those street trees, um, I, my recommendation would be to ask the district if that's a possibility. Okay, yeah, we could certainly include that. If, if the board agrees, um, we can ask that as, uh, as a condition okay. to ex explore the possibility of planting trees on the school district property side. I mean, they're currently showing landscaping, so that's where I'm thinking where it can go. Right, right. Um, the other part of the equation, of course, is the opposite side of the street where it's a, a different situation where you, you don't really have that nice sidewalk there either. It's, I think it's diagonal parking. So when we think about, and you know, the city's also doing a update of the street tree master plan. So um, thank you, Henry. So we could kind of take a look at the, uh, the edge and what we're talking about here. Yeah, so right there, there's a missing sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And you see the bike lane. So there's just not enough physical space for. Right. But there's, to your point, there's a lot of asphalt on, the on their side. side of the property. <laughs> yes. So yes. it's uh, right question it for just, the school district. Right. right. And I'm not, again, public works would need to weigh in on this because I know there's the overhead lines as well. So there's things to balance. Yes. Okay. That's, that's, that's the questions I had. Thank you. Board member Cisneros. Yeah, uh, thank you for the presentation. Um, I'm, uh, I, don't, I don't know why it's hard for me to, um, and sorry if I missed it, just get a better, uh, a better understanding of the activity and like the, um, yeah, the sense of activity in these spaces. Like you mentioned that I don't think it would be very much used, but I'm curious like how many employees are gonna be there and like the hours, um, can you just clarify that? Yeah. I know that there's like parking spaces and locker rooms, et cetera, so I would just. Yeah, the primary users would be in the central kitchen building itself, not in the warehouse. Um, I imagine that there would be probably less than 10 users or, or workers in that facility. Um, the hours would be fairly early during the day. They would need to arrive on site early in the morning in order to start the preparation, to be ready to serve lunch, to distribute lunch across the district. Um, and so I think it would be an early arrival, um, but only a, a limited number of people. We are providing some vehicular parking in front of the building. Uh, we're also providing um, some indoor uh, secure bike parking for uh, workers that would want to ride their bikes to the campus. Okay, and so, um, and that would mean also like trucks uh, coming to load and unload um, for those, um, the food and et cetera. Um, yeah, so part of this building includes a food storage facility, both dry goods as well as refrigerated and freezer. Um, 
I think deliveries would likely be on a weekly basis, not a daily basis. So the larger delivery vehicles um, bringing the ingredients would be on a you know a regular but infrequent basis. There would be smaller vehicles that would be leaving the site on a daily basis during the week to distribute the food to all of the school sites. Thank you, that's helpful. Thank you for, oh yes, board member Sahaba. Uh, yeah, thank you, sorry. I had a follow-up question to, with the bike parking. Um, based on that, are, are there no shower facilities included um, for folks who are riding their bikes? There are no shower facilities. Okay, is that a, I mean, is there a reason why it wasn't part of the um, design concept? I think a shower could be included in the space. It, it's just not currently included. Okay. Uh, there's a break room, but it just is for um, a locker, lockers for private uh, you know, purse and change of clothes. Um, arrive on the site, put your, um, your apron on and get to work. Uh, I think there would be space that we could provide a shower the the board felt that that was necessary um, it's not a requirement from a code standpoint as far as i'm aware in this type of facility also are there any other sustainability goals that are being pursued here uh, with, with these there are not any specific sustainability goals other than um, providing for good stormwater management landscape buffer um, and uh, you know robust long-lasting building okay no no solar considerations at this stage not at this point okay thank you thank you um thank you for the presentation and i just have one question which is uh, regarding your building section um could you tell me what um on sheet eight six point oh one there's no dimension to where the um, ceiling height is internally. And I noticed there's a rather large um, attic space above the office and the break room. And I was wondering if you can kind of enlighten us on how high that ceiling is and um, what is going on. It just seems like a lot of, you know, school districts um, want, want to make sure that they spend their money wisely in construction costs and why are they building extra volume? Sure. Uh, I think the, the volume of the building was really a study of the, the massing from an exterior standpoint, wanting to get the proportions appropriate for the size of the building. Uh, we do have a reflected ceiling plan on A3.1, and that indicates the proposed ceiling heights in the office area, the locker break room, and the toilet rooms there. Um, those ceilings are all proposed to be at nine feet above finished floor. The uh, currently, we're showing a ceiling in the kitchen area as well, um, but I think that's something that we might want to reconsider as we move deeper into the design process. I think the uh, ceiling in the kitchen might be better if it was a sloped ceiling that followed the roof form to get more volume in that space. Mm -hmm. um, but you're right, there is currently a large attic space above the offices. We could look at reducing that. Um, wanting to still balance the massing on the exterior of the building. That cavity space can also provide some storage for mechanical equipment also. Yeah, understood. I would just try to see if there's ways to include additional windows um, on the facade, but then as I look into a section, I realize they're going into a um, attic space, so that 
kind of defeats the purpose that way. Sure. But, okay, thank you. Um, so with that said, do we have any more board questions? All right, that's open up for public comments. Do we have any board, um, public comments, public speakers? Um, doesn't look like we have any speakers. Okay, now let's close a public comment um, section. That's open up for board discussion. Board member Teague. Um, I'd like to thank the school district for bringing this project forward. Um, I agree with President Ruiz that the Attic space uh, definitely looks to provide opportunities for some clear story windows up uh, higher uh, above the uh, appliances. And I would be in favor of uh, having a condition which allows the applicant to work with staff on making those changes without having to come back to us. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the G, that, that's a no-brainer in my book. Yeah, we should definitely recommend this, the city council remove the G overlay. Um, uh, otherwise, I think the project is good. I, I hear about the shower, but I'm I, this particular situation where they're showing up at 4 a.m., I'm not sure that it's going to have that much of a, a bike traffic, unfortunately. Uh, given the potential dangers of traveling that early in the morning. Um, so I, I would be willing to support the project with that additional condition. Um, that That's it for me. Any other board comments? Board member Sahaba? Yeah, I also appreciate that the district brought the project forward to us. I would say that uh, my two conditions that I would like to see, one being that uh, the district consider uh, some landscaping along the entire edge of the frontage, uh, whether it's street trees, which would be the primary preference, or, or other means would, would be great because of this improvement. And, and there is good landscape improvement may, being made right at the, the two new buildings that are um, before us this evening, I, but I think it, it and that whole stretch is being reworked, so I think there's a benefit of then continuing that and making it feel um, that the investment is continuous from one edge to the other. So I, I would recommend that. The other recommendation I would have would be that, um, or condition would be that the district looks to aspire to do something more on the sustainability front, at least for um, solar. I, I, I think with the energy use of, of the buildings that are being proposed, uh, it would be great for the district to be forward thinking in, in this way. So at, at least uh, for them to investigate that. Thank you. Thank you. Any other board comments? Board member Cisneros? Uh, yeah, I just had a question um, for the applicant. Um, is this, because um, I, I guess um, these are not required, right? And I'm curious if like adding solar or any of these sustainability features, which I, I appreciate um, an intent, is, would it be cost prohibitive or um, a burden in, in any way in terms of this project delivery? 
I think it's something that the district would be willing to consider. Um, we have discussed the possibility of having this be an all electric kitchen. Um, so not having natural gas. Um, we haven't gone deep enough into the design to understand if that is going to be viable uh, or if the district is going to want to provide gas appliances. But I think the solar on the roof is another possibility that um, we are providing on other projects and we could consider for this one. Thank you. Thank you. Any other board comments? I, I can support um, the conditions as proposed at the table. So um, do we, yes. Um, yes, thank you, uh, President Ruiz. Just a clarifying question about the landscape uh, condition. Do you mean the entire frontage of the property belonging to the AUSD or just the portion in front of the project? No, the entire frontage based on the civil drawings and the drawings in the set that are, it's being reworked with okay. the extension of the Because it's a long frontage and I want to make sure that the applicant understands um, the, the ask. Yeah, the ask is to con con consider it. Um, it's not a condition that they we'll Explore to that with the school yeah, district. Exactly. Yeah, it's exactly. a consideration, not yes. a mandate. Yes. We ask that you review the possibilities yes. to include street And feet. it was the same for the solar? Correct. Mm -hmm. uh, it, and while I'm gonna say it was the same, but much stronger in terms of that uh, attic, potential clear story uh, situation that I would like to make a condition, but I'm not going to put that on you. But I, I really would like you to try hard to figure out something uh, better in that regards. Yeah, I mean, again, I understand that this is a school district building and it's a service facility, is it? shielded from the public view and um, you know school district got funded by taxes and so we understand that there's cost implication to every yeah. one of our ask but we do want you to consider yeah. making adding more clear story more lights into those office spaces I think that would make an environment better for the users I, I make I, I move that we approve the design with those conditions mm -hmm. Uh, we have two motions, so I'll yes, just do the I, first so one. Let's do the first one. Let's bifurcate the two. So do we have the second for sec on the design review motion? I'll, I'll second it. Okay. And all in favor? Aye. 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 Okay. Motion passes. Aye. Now um, on to the recommendation to city council for the, the removal of um, G overlay. Do we have any... Um, that's, do we have a motion? Yeah, a, a motion that we remove the G overlay from the recommend city. to the city. Yeah, council. recommend to the council. Yes. Thank you. Do we have a second? I can second it. Thank you. Any discussions? No. Okay. All in favor? Aye. 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 Motion passes unanimously. Okay. Thank you. Now let's move on to agenda item six A, um, building. Planning, Building, and Transportation Department recent actions and decisions. Do we, um, are there any items anybody wants to call to review? No, okay, that closes item 6A. Let's move on to 6B, oral reports. Yes, uh, thank you, President Ruiz. Um, members of Planning Board, your uh, upcoming meetings in June, um, we currently have on deck 
uh, and we're not sure what the order is, but um, we're continuing to work on the objective standards. Um, we're planning to go to the Historical Advisory Board early next month to kind of get their um, feedback and then bringing their feedback to you, addressing some of the items that we have discussed at the prior meeting. Um, we're hoping at the meeting to get your recommendation and direction to move forward. And then over the summer, um, we're working with an outside vendor on graphics. And so um, the idea is once we have the fully final package, uh, we, we can bring that back. Um, e either we get to work on it at staff level and share it with you in the fall, or, or at least we'll have some direction from the board. Okay. Board members, um, Teague? Uh, I was surprised with the reshape meeting with the developer coming with changes to the objective design standard since we've been asking for six months for people to bring forward changes and suggestions. Have the developers not responded to that request? Um, I think most developers, uh, w without an actual project, and working with our standards are not, I mean, it's kind of hard to conceptualize whether exterior steers, for example, would be an issue or not. So I think for the reshape project, okay. that was when, one where they really looked at our standards, applied it to their site plan and realized, okay, these are the issues that they're okay. gonna run into. Okay, thank you for that. So I think it's fair. Mm -hmm. um, so also in your June meeting, um, we have an application from Alameda Marina to move forward with their third phase, what's called the RAP B building. Um, and and uh, we plan to bring that forward for um, uh, an approval next month. And the request there is um, to also in modify the master plan to increase the unit count. So that project after the planning board will be going to the city council. Um, and we're also hoping to um, bring you the annual reports on the development agreements. So those are uh, items that staff is currently working on. Thank you. Um, now let's move on to board communications. Board member Sorry. Teague, that's okay. Um, a, a couple things that have come to light in the last few weeks is uh, there's a large parcel single family that I looked at and I said, this looks like SB9, let me go look. And I went and I looked and Alameda is rated as a C in terms of a grade for our SB9 uh, quality, you know, like Berkeley's a B, but we're a C. So I forwarded that information to Andrew. It would be really interesting to see why we're just considered to be the middle of the pack uh, because you know that's something that we have had none, right? Uh, we'll have yet to receive yeah, our so, SB9 application. Yeah, that that is uh, that was disturbing. Um, so it was just some information in terms of there are companies that help people buy parcels in, at, with the plan to subdivide SB9, and you know they share the kind of the wealth as a result. Um, so. Thank you. Board member Mrs. Nellis. Yeah, sorry, just for clarification, I, I maybe missed the first part, but is this like a APA grading? Or what do you mean by? Uh, it's a site that just uh -huh. graded the different cities as to how, I guess, permissive their handling of SB9 in development is. Mm -hmm. um, I'd be interested. I was surprised yeah. that Berkeley was higher than we were. No, uh, come on, the first, uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, Oh, and another bit of information is ADUs. Um, 
it, it seems that the financial world has changed and you can have one without causing yourself financial issues when you go to refinance. If you have more than one, it gets very, very complicated. So that may impact some of our ability to have multiple ADUs on a single parcel. Uh, that was very sad. Yeah, I heard about that. I know some, it went, it, you ended up becoming a multifamily building and the financing is completely different on that. Yeah, it, it, so. it, it, the, the finance world as a result of probably the things that have happened this year has become extremely strict on every interpretation. Yeah. Uh, and you know the difference between residential and commercial is significant. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, it's uh, whoever's sitting at the underwriter's desk making the decision whether to write the check for the project or not. Yeah. <laughs> not so much the decisions we make here. Yeah. Right? That's unfortunate. Okay. Moving on. Thank you very much for that information. Moving on to item number eight, non-agenda public comments. Do we have any speakers? Oh, doesn't look like we have any speakers. With that said, thank you for your time. The meeting is adjourned. Thank you.